Our scripture reading for this morning comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge. But anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have been so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols? So by your knowledge, those weak believers for whom Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when theirs is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their failing or their falling, I will never eat meat so that I may not cause one of them to fall. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Last week, we learned that Paul was a firm believer in Christian freedom. He believed that Jesus died on the cross to give us the freedom to choose life through him. He died so that we would have a choice and so that we could actually decide to live for God. However, we also learned last week that although all is lawful for us, not all things are beneficial. That even though Jesus has given us freedom to choose, there are many choices that are not good for our spiritual life, that are not good for our walking with Jesus, and that we need to make wise choices. Today we come to a follow-up scripture on Christian freedom. As we know what we read in 1 Corinthians just now, it's a letter to the church. It's a letter to Christians in a very specific place at a very specific time that were struggling with what it means to be a Christian in a Gentile society. When Paul writes these letters, we know that he was often responding to questions, things that people had asked him. At times, he was responding to reports that he had heard about what was going on in the church. And he is trying to address those things that he thinks are necessary for them to know about 
in order to continue to be followers of Jesus. So what is the question in our scripture today that it, it seems pretty clear to us, right? What is the church and what are the members of this church in Corinth supposed to do about food sacrifice to idols? Is it okay to have it or not to have it? What are they supposed to do? Well, you know, normally if you ask me if I can eat something or can't eat something, I immediately go to my reference. I go to my diet. Is it in my diet or not? If it's not in my diet, I'm not supposed to have it. If it is in my diet, okay, I can eat it, right? In this case, though, Paul doesn't go directly to whether it is right or whether it is wrong. In answering the question, he actually says something completely different, something that doesn't seem to be related. He says, let me tell you something. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And you go, what? What does knowledge have to do with whether or not we eat the food sacrificed to idols? What does knowledge or understanding have to do with whether this is right or this is wrong? Well, for Paul, Knowledge had everything to do with it. You see, he says, it is through your knowledge in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life that you come to the understanding that these idols are not real. It is through the knowledge of Jesus that you come to understand that they really have no power, that they're just so-called gods, that they don't really exist it is only through your acceptance that there's only one God, the Father from whom all things come, and there's only one Lord Jesus Christ that sustains everything that exists, that you come to the understanding that none of them have any power. So knowledge is important because you have come to know and to understand that they don't have any power and they're not real. But Paul also understood that everyone does not have this knowledge. He also understood that there was people in town that believed in these idols, that thought they had power over their lives, that thought that they had to do things to please or appease these so-called gods. And therefore, he says, not everybody has the knowledge that you have in Christ. And even some new Christians among you, some people that have come to the faith, are so used to idols that they still think that somehow, some way, Food sacrificed to idols is off limits because it can still affect their lives. He says there's, there's some believers that know Jesus and yet knowing Jesus are worried about this. And their conscience is so weak that they think that if they have this food, they will be doing something wrong. They will be sinning. They will be doing something that they're not supposed to. And Paul says, nothing could be further from the truth. He says, food has no power to bring you any closer or any farther from God. He says, eating it is not going to bring you closer to God and not eating it is not going to pull you away from God. It's food. But Paul explains that this food that has been sacrificed to idols is seen by those who are weak in their conscience as something that has more significance to them than just food. They see it as more than just a meal 
I know for that for some people, eating is a spiritual experience. I understand it. I know that for some of you, half time with those chicken wings is going to feel like you're closer to God. But Paul is saying that for those people for whom this food that has been sacrificed to idols is a problem, it becomes a stumbling block in their faith. And that if they see you, who they believe has the knowledge of Jesus Christ eating it, then they will think that they should eat it too. And because their conscience is weak, they will feel guilty when they eat it. And they will feel bad because they will feel like they're sinning against God. So Paul says, you're free to eat what you want, but you should be careful in using this liberty because you could become a stumbling block to somebody who is weaker than yourself and doesn't understand that these idols are false. And you don't want to be the one that causes somebody else to stumble. The scripture warns us not to be a stumbling block for others that it would be better for us to tie a millstone to our neck and throw it in the heart of the sea than to make one of the little ones stumble. When we bring this example to our lives today, we can see that it could apply in so many ways. We are freeing Christ to do many things, as we said, but some of the things that we could do, even though they might not harm us, they could harm others. They could lead others astray. So we have to consider not just our own benefit, what is most beneficial to me and most beneficial to my, 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 my spiritual walk and my family, but I have to look at what is more beneficial to the group, to the society, to the community, to the nation, to the people that we live with. As Paul puts it, I have to consider all of those from whom, for whom Christ died. And I have news for you. If you look at somebody and you see them, they are somebody for whom Christ died. If you see another person, they are somebody for whom Christ died. And so Paul was very clear. If it's going to cause my brother or sister to stumble, he says, I won't even have meat. I'll just give it up altogether. He says, I'd rather not risk it than cause them to stumble. Paul says, it's not worth it to me to take the risk to see a brother or sister get lost because their conscience is defiled. Now, you know it's Super Bowl Sunday. So here's my required football illustration for all of you football fans out there. The quarterback is free to pass or hand off the ball in a play they call the read-pass option. Some of you might know it. I got to grab a football because I got to get in my football mode for this. So the repass option is, is, is fairly, a fairly simple play. The quarterback has the ball, gets the ball, and he looks at the defense. And he has usually a running back next to his side or behind him. And he's got to make decisions. He's got to choose whether he passes off the ball to the running back going out in the play he has to decide whether he holds it and maybe does a lateral or a long pass. Or another option is the quarterback keeper, or he actually keeps the ball and tries to run it. 
Whatever decision the quarterback makes will impact the play. And it's not the same decision every time, is it? It changes depending on what he sees. You know, as Christians, we like to know the play and follow it to the T. We don't like to bury it. But the reality is that the world around us is not that simple, right? Things are changing all the time. We have to be able to react to the circumstances. And so when the quarterback gets that ball, he scans the field, he looks at how things are, and then he makes the decision. And if he decides to keep the ball to make a pass, he knows that there is a chance that he's going to take a big hit as he throws the ball. If he decides to run the ball, he knows that unless he slides, he's going to take a hit. And he knows that if he gives the ball to his running back, his running back is going to take the hit. Somebody is going to get hit, right? Because that's how you play the game. Yet the quarterback makes the decision not based on whether or not he wants to get hit or the running back is going to get hit. He makes the decision based on what's going to help the team win the game. What's going to make the play succeed, even if it costs him a hit, even if it costs the running back a hit, even if it means that he has to sacrifice his body to run the ball. When we come to this scripture and we read it, we realize that in Christianity, there are times when we have to take a hit for the good of the neighbor. There are times in which we sacrifice something so that someone else can have it. There are times in which we give up of ourselves so that somebody else will know the love of Christ. And that's a decision that Paul says we have to be willing to make. And we have to be able to know when it's time to pass the ball, when it's time to hand off the ball, and when it's time to tuck it and run. And yes, there are times when the play has gone bad and you just got to throw it away and start over because the good news is that there's always grace because there's more plays to come and you can keep pushing forward you know both Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are in the Super Bowl today largely because they exercise their knowledge of the game in making wise decisions when it comes to what play to run and how to run it it is their ability to read the defense and see what's going on in the game that makes them such incredible quarterbacks. I think when Paul looks at our lives, he would say that those of us that keep thinking about our lives, using Jesus as our reference, and continue to pay attention to our circumstances so we know how best to be a blessing to others, those are the ones that are going to play the best and be able to help the kingdom of God go further. Paul is saying to us, be careful how you exercise your Christian freedom today. If how you behave will cause others to fall or stumble, then think about that cost before you act. On the other hand, if you think of everyone out there as somebody for whom Jesus died, then go ahead and do what is best, not just for you, but for them. Before you call your next play, 
Remember that even though you are free to call anything, it is your life. The right call is the one that will not make anyone fall. The right call is the one that recognizes that Jesus is calling the real place and that he is the one who is leading you to victory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be on your team. I thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity to have the freedom to choose what we do in our lives. Help us, Lord, to choose wisely, to choose things that are blessings to others, to to choose to do the things that would honor you and further the kingdom of God. We thank you, O Lord, that you've already given us victory in Jesus Christ. Help us to play the game to the best of our ability. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.